welcome back to Casual KO here on Dangerous World Podcast. Fun stuff after a week off. Uh, shit, man, we got a, a, a. I think it's a decent card, dude. Nick, you were talking about how you weren't too excited about this. I don't know how much tape study you did, but I think that uh, there's some pretty interesting storylines to the card. I think that it's actually going to turn out to be a fun one. And I've got, I mean, coming into it, I've gotten more money on this card than I've had in, I think, any other card. I've already got 150 bucks down in two parlays. We'll talk about those. But uh, how are you feeling about this card heading into it, dude? Yeah, I mean, there's there is a few fighters that I'm keen to see on it, and and I've seen this like a similar sort of sentiment where like some people are like, yeah, I'm not not too excited for this, and then other people are like, what are you talking about? This is this is a crazy card. So yeah, I, I guess it it just comes down to the sort of things you're interested in. But as I said, there is a few fighters that I'm that I do like to watch: Drew Dober, Bobby Green, Bill Algio. Um, yeah, there's a few, there is a few fighters on this card that I like to see, but just comparatively to what's sort of been around over the last year or so, this is sort of like a, a lower tier card for, for me personally. Yeah. Maybe it's the, the comeback. Uh, I'm excited to see Joaquin Buckley, Alex Morono, Joe Pfeiffer, Abdul Razak Alassane. I mean, I, you know, Vanessa Dumopoulos, the stripper, she's always fun to watch, right? <laughs> Uh, Montana De La Rosa, who's uh, very underrated in her attractiveness. Johnny Munoz versus uh, Arichi Lang. I mean, there's some good fights here, man. Uh, Iwan Kutalaba versus Felipe Lenz. Deanna Belbita, another very attractive lady fighting KK. I mean, this is going to be a good, uh, I, like I said, I'm super excited. I'm making some good food. I mean, we got to come back to some fun stuff. And, uh, dude, there's been a lot of news. Obviously, we want to run through this card fairly quickly, but um, Tony Ferguson's going to be fighting Patty Pimlet, right? This is uh, an interesting matchup. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, dude, I watched – I don't know if you've uh, if you're familiar with the Beige Frequency YouTube channel. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you Good seen channel. their – have you seen the Tony Ferguson episode he did? Yeah, uh, the recent, most recent one. I don't know how recent it is, man, but it's like uh, he talks about how Tony Ferguson was, uh, you know, trying to hide his kid from some fucking aliens that were trying to attack him, and like all. This, oh yeah, like, that's I mean, the classic. That's the classic demons in the wall story. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, Maybe I'm late to the party on this, but for anyone that's not familiar, man, it's just like, yeah, Tony Ferguson is full on crazy. And it's kind of sad, dude. Like it's, it's wild that this dude's still allowed to fight. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been like that for quite a while, but he's, he has received help over time and stuff like that. I mean, there's times where Connor's, Connor's gone at him for it and like said shit to him on, on like Twitter and stuff in the past about it. Um, yeah, he had, he had like a mental break a few years ago and, yeah, man. several crazy things, you know. He um, uh, got grabbed his family and then got a raft and went up on top of a mountain because he said that was going to be a great flood. And yeah, yeah, he's 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 done some crazy shit. But I, I don't know if you also saw the aerial interview with him recently. Yeah, I'm kind of. Do, and how'd you feel? Because I was like, okay, this this to me from the outside looking in seems like a guy who realizes shit's gone off the rails a little bit and is trying to like fix it. Yeah, to me, man, it feels like uh, somebody that is saying all the right things, but he's still crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't fix that kind of mental break. 
Um, that's what, that's my big problem with the mental health push is that when someone goes crazy, there's no 100% coming back from that. He might come back 90%, but he's still going to be fucked up. And that dude's never going to be the man that he was before he fought Justin Gaethje, in my opinion. Um, Oh, he will never be that. Yeah. I I mean, he will never be that, but, um, if he doesn't, yeah, it's, it's hard because, I still feel like even if he's not the guy that he was before Justin Gaethje and he's even like 60% of that, he still yeah. beats a lot of fucking guys. You know what I mean? Maybe. But maybe that's maybe that's just the massive Tony fan in me speaking and I'm just <laughs> right. biased, you know? Right. We we did both pick him to uh, submit uh, Bobby King Green, who will be fighting in this main event this uh, this evening in Vegas 80. But yeah, man, it's just a, it's a weird situation, man. There's a lot of weird MMA news that's coming out. Another one. I'll, that tell, I'll wrote, tell you now. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. betting on Tony in that fight. Dude. I'm betting on Tony in that fight, bro. I want to, I'm, but I probably won't. I hate Patty, I, man. I can't fucking stand Patty, but I think I'm going to have to go with Patty in that one. We'll see, though. I think the only threat from Patty in that fight is a submission. That's He can't knock Tony out. I don't believe he can knock Tony out. Um I think he could possibly submit Tony. Uh, but yeah, I, I see that as Paddy's only way to victory as a submission, potentially a decision. But um, that's why I'm keen for it, because I don't see the knockout threat there from Paddy towards Tony. So I'm like, okay, it's, yeah. it's a small opportunity for a decision, um, but his win equity is in submission. Um but then you go back and you're like, yeah, well, Bobby Green hasn't really, he doesn't really have a high level ground game and he submitted Tony. So it's like, ugh, that's, that's kind of like the MMA math that hurts in that situation. Yeah. I think Patty can win that any way that he wants, honestly. And, uh, as of right now, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch that, that, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby King Green fight. Um, just to kind of get a gauge, but I mean, also you can get some knowledge from the, uh, Diaz Ferguson fight, right? I mean, Ferguson's not the same dude, man. So we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah, it's going to be a sad thing. My, uh, just MMA fan in me, I'm not necessarily a Tony Ferguson fan. I've actually heard he's kind of a piece of shit. Um, from, I think I, he's I know just a, crazy, man. You know what I mean? I think he's just crazy. And he's yeah, just, it's one of those things that, that trains in LFA and, and, and he, he fights LFA and he says that no one that knows Tony, Tony Ferguson likes Tony Ferguson. Like he was telling me that himself and he, I, he's out of fight ready. Uh, okay. So this, uh, fucking thing just stopped recording on us, but. We'll continue. Let's just get into the card. What do you say? I wanted to talk about a few other things. Mike Jackson versus Jake Shields lawsuit. <laughs> we can talk about this once we figure out the uh, the fucking computer situation here. But uh, did you have any last words on that Tony Patty thing before we move into the card? No, because I'm sure we'll we'll go over it pretty extensively when we get to that fight, and it's pretty close. It's probably yeah, only man. a few weeks away. Yeah, dude, it'll be fun, man. Um, Really excited for fucking Yuri versus Poetan as well. I'm an, I'm absolutely buying that T-shirt uh, oh, for yeah. that event. So let's move into this, though, man, because we don't know how long we have. So we'll rattle through this card. Um, I wanted this to be shorter anyway. Obviously, you have uh, uh, about an hour to chat here. Um, we'll start from the bottom, man. This is an Apex card. So, you know, running through it like this, I think, is just appropriate. We've got Montana De La Rosa versus... 
the very unathletic J.J. Aldrich. Who do you got in this one? I'll let you start this fight off, man. Yeah, um, so one of the things for me about this fight is I'll start by saying, because you did bring it up earlier, I haven't done barely any tape on this this week. I've gone over stats and numbers. That's kind of been my plan of attack this week. Stats, numbers, and MMA math. Um, and then just pulling from the well on what I know about the fighters. Um, but yeah, the one thing that stands out for me on this fight is the fact that JJ Aldrich already fought in Singapore like a few weeks ago. I say a few weeks, it's, it's like two months now, but pretty short turnaround. Whereas Montana De La Rose has sort of had the opportunity to get a full camp. Um, she's more athletic. She's younger. She's got a better grappling background. She's taller. She's got a better reach. Uh, and she was the underdog for most of the week. She's now the favorite, but she was the underdog. Um, yeah, I'm siding with Montana De La Rosa. There's too many things in the numbers, uh, as I say, with like the short turnaround and then all the stats, um, right. physically that just, Tell me that Montana De La Rosa is going to win it. I do like the sub. Um, it's, it's pretty high, uh, betting wise. Um, let me just have a quick look here. What I've chosen, what round. Um, but yeah, I, I, I what was it? I think the sub, the straight sub is plus 500 maybe. Um, and then I've chosen submission round three. And I think the prop on that is like plus 3000 something crazy like that. Um, but I just see, as I said, the short turnaround coming into a f- like coming into effect with um, later rounds and gassing against a good grappler and wrestler. Um, yeah, I, I think Montana's probably going to be either the, the, the classic girl's decision or she is actually going to be able to stop her by submission probably in the late second um, or third round. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm 100% on uh, De La Rosa here as well. Um, not putting extra units on a fight like this. But, yeah, dude, uh, J.J. Aldrich coming in. Montana De La Rosa was supp- supposed to fight Stephanie Edgar, uh, or Edgar, however the fuck you say her name. She uh, is, I, I think she's a better fighter than J.J. Aldrich. There's a lot of recency bias here where people are saying that, you know, J.J. Aldrich finished this Naliang who gets finished. I mean, that's how she loses. So um, I was actually hyped as fuck when I was watching this fight because I bet on the round two knockout by JJ Aldrich and she fucking got it done, dude. She knocked out <laughs> Naliang in round two in uh, Singapore, which was wild. And uh, that was, I'm not going to say I cried when uh, Korean Zombie retired, but I, I fucking. I actually cried a little bit, dude. My girlfriend was tripping the fuck out because I never cry. But just <laughs> seeing that dude and like how he went out, I, it was, I mean, that that's a, it's a warrior's fucking death, man. And, uh, you know, nothing really makes me upset, but that was like something that was a really memorable card for me, man. And just, uh, I made a little bit of money on that card and the way that it ended, I bet on TKZ to get knocked out in round three. And, uh, man, what a fucking, just what a wild event that was, dude. So yeah, man, that was a, <laughs> a, a good time. It was early in the morning. I was delirious. You know what I mean? It was like, I woke up at fucking two in the morning to watch that damn fight. So, um, yeah, wild, wild thing. And it was, uh, that was, that was the start of the whole thing it was JJ Aldrich kicking it off for me in good fashion, but I got to go against her in this man, Montana De La Rosa, 
fought better competition uh, with the exception of J.J. Aldridge fighting Aaron Blanchfield. Um, that's a good decision loss. But Montana De La Rosa um, losing to Tatiana Suarez um, in round two, not getting, you know, just her ass beat by her. I got to think if there's any finishing potential, it's on the side of J.J. Aldrich, but I think it's a Montana De La Rosa decision. So I'm going with that. We'll move I have on. An ex- to- oh, go ahead. I have an extra unit on Montana De La Rosa. You do want well. an extra unit, okay. Yeah. Spicy. I like yeah. it. Um, Johnny Munoz Jr. versus Arichi Lang. Uh, this is an interesting fight for sure. And uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush too much. Um I'm going to take Johnny Munoz. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the dude. I think his jujitsu is great. His striking seems good. It's really not. Um, Arichi Lang, I just don't see anything that's awesome with the dude. He just got knocked out three months ago. That's never a good look. Um, I think that you should take at least six months unless you're somebody like, you know, as much as I hate the dude, Israel Adesanya can come back from something like that in a rigged fight against Alex Perea. Um, You know, Going to decision with Jay Perrin, well, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Jay Perrin is the guy that lost to Raul Rosas Jr., if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, they did fight. Okay, so yeah, he lost to him. Um, Raul Rosas Jr. has not beaten anybody good in the UFC. He lost to a great fighter in uh, Christian Rodriguez. But yeah, man, this I think that this is kind of a mismatch, and it's wild to me that it's a pick um, I think that Johnny Munoz's uh, last performance against Daniel Santos may be kind of making people think that this is something to be confused about, but I think this is a mismatch through and through. I think Daniel Santos absolutely knocks the fuck out of Arichi Lang. Um, so I'm going all day. Uh, Johnny Munoz, I think submission probably round two, uh, possibly even round one, man. But Johnny Munoz all day. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say, even down to the pick. I literally have Johnny Munoz sub round two. Um, I, I I don't think Richie Lang's grappling is that great. Um, he's been out grappled by people who I think have worse grappling than Johnny Munoz. Uh, and I think, yeah, Richie Lang's just going to wilt probably in the second round and Munoz should be able to get the sub on him. And I have an extra unit on Munoz as well. Wow. Getting spicy up right up top here. Yeah, early early extra units. I like it, man. I like it. Okay, uh, third fight of the night will be yours to start. We got Kanako Murata, or also Tatsuro Taira, maybe, <laughs> versus uh, Vanessa Dumopoulos, my favorite stripper. She actually really isn't that attractive in, uh, when you see her. She looks very cute in her pictures, but holy shit, she looks like a fucking... Uh, she looks like that thing from uh what is that damn movie with the kids? It's our time down here. Do you know that movie? No, I don't it's know. It's our time one. down here. Ah shit, I forget it. But yeah, go ahead. Uh what do you got in this fight? Yeah, I mean Kanako's been out for a while. Um Go for him. Yeah, so um as I was saying, Kanako's been out for a while. Um she's the training partner of the Asian woman that we were keen to see fight uh, two weeks ago, and she was also out for a while, but the name is is um, slipping my mind right now. Um, she, her training partner that fought two weeks ago, um, I expected a lot more out of her. She did win, uh, but it was a little bit 
uh, more lackluster than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then we have her training partner here who is uh, been out for two years and one month. Um, but I tend to believe that uh, Kanako is going to win this one. I think her grappling positionally is going to be better than Vanessa. Um, Vanessa does have the arm bars that she's she's wrapped around a few people, um, and there is the potential for that. I know there's some people betting on that, uh, but for me, the the so I've cho- I've chosen Kanako KO round three, um, and the only way I can see that happening is by crucifix. But I kind of see her being able to get Vanessa in the crucifix late in the fight, and when she does this to girls, she has done it to other girls. She is just trying to split your face open. She rains down so many elbows so fast. Um, that's just like that's what she does, and and. It, I know people that have some, like I said, I haven't watched tape, but I've watched a few videos of people who have, um, and a lot of them have identified that Kanako is always trying to pass from from uh, full guard to side to then ultimately crucifix, and it is usually what she's trying to aim to do. Um, so, yeah, I've chosen Kanako KO round three. Um, I don't know the exact odds on it right now, but I'm sure it's over plus ten, uh, over plus a thousand for that. Um, I can bring them up, but yeah, I, I'm sure that's a uh, a massive, massively lined um, prop. Yeah, that'll be interesting if that happens because uh, Vanessa Dumopoulos uh, is not one to get finished. Um, in really, I don't think. I mean, how many times has she been finished in her losses? Uh, never. Um, she's only lost by decision. She's a very durable chick, and she's one of these girls that fights for her money. Um, plus plus twenty six hundred. Yeah, that that sounds right because I, I, it's wild that you're that you're going with that. I don't disrespect that at all. I think that that's a, a bold call, but uh, I, I see very little chance of that happening. I think it's a decision victory, probably unanimous for Murata. I'm on that same side. But uh, Dumopoulos is tough, dude. She's a, a really fucking tough chick. She fought up, uh, you know, KK, Carolina Kowalewit, blah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> she, she and and Carolina is a great fighter. I mean, really, really tough to uh, to poke any holes in her game, even though she had that five fight skid. Right. Uh, but I don't know, man. Vanessa's just a tough chick. I actually watched their fight doing a little bit of uh, prep work on this. And uh, yeah, dude, they both look good in that. I, I it, Demopolis, I think, would beat Belbitza, um, who who KK's fighting, um, you know, obviously in just two fights from here. But yeah, dude, uh, a, a finish would be wild. I think that uh, you know, the Montana De La Rosa JJ Aldridge fight has more of a chance of finishing. And out of all the fights on this card, I think that this has the least uh, chance of a finish. But um, for the female fights, that is. So it's interesting that you're going with that, but hey, man, it's a fucking fight. Anything can happen. I I definitely don't disagree um, with the. Bat. And it's also it's also just one of those sort of spicier, spicier plays. Like sure. every as I said, everything has to go one certain way for me to get that. And there's only like I don't see a knockout on the feet. I don't see a ground and pound knockout in guard or any. It's literally the only way I think that can happen is from the crucifix. And I'm just kind of seeing that maybe it could go there but yeah i agree with what you're saying yeah 
likely a decision, but you're going to throw that extra little uh, risk out there. And I, I, I respect that. So you're going Murata, no extra units, I assume. Uh, no extra units. She's too much of a favorite. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on here to Nate Maness versus Mateus Mendonca. I'm Mateus Mendonca all day. And I think everyone is on the side of knockout round one. Everyone's saying that, you know, if Mata- if uh, Mateus doesn't get this dude out in round one, he's fucked. I don't think that's the case, man. He's younger by a considerable amount. 32 versus 24 favoring Mendonca being the uh, 24 year old. He's uh, yeah, he is the shorter dude. Maness is the tallest flyweight in the in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. I, if I heard that correctly, um, when I was listening to some, it would make sense. I mean, five ten. I mean, that's fucking tall. Sean O'Malley's tall in bantamweight, and he's five ten. Right, right. So, so yeah, being a five ten flyweight, 125 pounds. Um, Mendonca is is kind of an average size flyweight, and I think this is kind of where the fucking flyweight unders come back, man. You know, this is probably going to be set at 2.5. I think there's going to be a finish. I think it's going to probably be in round one or two, but if this goes the distance, I don't think that Maness is going to be favored the longer the fight goes. Yes, Mendonca is a shoot-a-box fighter. He's kind of even crazy for a shoot-a-box fighter type dude that goes out there, gets hit, willing to put himself in a position to take one, to give one, all that shit. Um, I think Mendonca can get this on the feet. He can get it on the ground. I think he can do it any fucking way he wants, man, whatever way he sees fit. I don't think this is a mismatch. I think that Maness is actually still uh, live to win this. Um, So I'm not going to give him any, uh, you know, super wide favoritism here. I do have Mendonca in my favorites parlay uh, along with, um a few other fighters there's five fighters in that parlay it's a chalky fucking parlay but yeah dude i'm going mateus mendonca um for the sake of this i will say knockout round one but i think he can get a knockout or a submission in any round i think he gets a finish though okay um so for me i I don't know too much about either of these guys i do remember hearing where is it yeah okay so i do remember the tagir fight very vaguely but i also remember the umar fight because that was supposed to be umar just killing this guy in like five seconds and then he went to decision with him and you know he did lose but he was you know he was taunting him and doing all this sort of stuff so i do remember that um for me, I, I feel like Manus is is very durable. Um, just looking at his stats, um, I don't know if he's ever been KO'd. I could be wrong about that. He's lost once by KO, um, which is, you know, he's, he's had, what, 20 fights, 17 fights, lost once by KO. Um, and that was a pretty durable kick. guy. It was probably, a, realistically, it was a TKO, probably. So probably a possibly a body kick maybe as well or do, do, I don't oh, I see where you say sidekick yeah doesn't really specify yeah um yeah and 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 so I'm I'm kind of digging to the pool of some of the um commentary I've watched during the week um and a lot of those people sort of said the same thing uh, that Maynard seems to be a pretty durable guy but I still do think that Mateus KO is live um and to get spicy I've gone round three KO. Um, for Mateus Mendoza. Um, I'm sure the lines on that, I'll bring it up right now, are huge because, as you said, everyone's just like, KO round one, KO round one. 
Um, let's just have a quick look here. What do we got? Mendoza wins by KO in round three plus 1100. Um, and I don't think it's that crazy. It is obviously, um, well, I mean, that's the only time that, that Maness has been knocked out to your credit is in round three. Yeah, I think I may have saw that in my stats and that may have also helped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just feel like he's, and I feel like from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing, Maness is a very durable fighter. Um, but he also gets hit a lot and that's why he, he's lost to guys like Umar by decision because Umar just pieced him up the whole fight. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I, I feel comfortable taking the risk and going against everyone else, like the 90% of other people that are saying round one sort of KO and, and going the complete opposite end and going KO round three, especially for those odds. Um, but yeah, that, that's, as I said, I'm just going off sort of what I've heard and the, and the very vague amounts of fights that I, I sort of remember of these guys. There's a fair amount of people being on the side of uh, Maness as well. So yeah, by by you going uh, Mateus late, I think that's a, it's a smart play. It could be. It's either smart or it's stupid. We won't know until it happens, right? So uh, fifth fight of the night, Carolina. Kowal Kawitz versus Diana Belbitsa. Um, I believe this is your pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't any tape on this. I'm sure I've told you a million times I don't like Carolina. There's no real major reason why I just don't like her. Uh, Belbita's a lot taller and a lot more reach than pretty much anyone Carolina's fought or won against. Um, I do kind of notice that Carolina has a little bit of trouble getting the distance and the reach in the sort of the first round against the people that she's fought, even the ones that she's won against. Um, and a lot of those people have had similar reach to her. And then you come over and you look at Belbita. She's, you know, five, seven, four inches taller. Um, her reach is four inches longer. Uh, she's younger and she has a kind of a similar style. She's, I don't see her being, completely out grappled there is a, is there is a situation where carolina wins 30 27 based on um based on number of takedowns as opposed to control in my opinion i don't see belbita completely getting out wrestled here um but yeah i just feel like potentially seeing that carolina has trouble finding the distance and reach against shorter people um over the past few fights going up against someone that's a lot younger than her um, and a lot bigger, a lot more reach. Um, I just think that it could throw her off. So I've gone with the underdog of uh, Bell beat by decision. Okay. I respect and, it. And I, I was am... on Carolina for most of the week and it's only like the last day or two that I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch that. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely could see why. A lot of people have been doing that since the uh, weigh-ins, too. Uh, for some reason, a lot of people think that just... I mean, I, I don't know if people don't read the stats and don't realize that Belbitsa was going to be the taller girl than Carolina, but uh, whatever. It, you know, it is what it is. I have Carolina in a parlay. Um, I think she gets it, man. I, I think that she's the better fighter. Um, Deanna... <sighs> I don't know, man. She's 
she seems dainty. She doesn't really seem like a fighter to me. Um, I know she's, you know, fucking 10 years younger than Carolina, but, uh, you know, she's very attractive. I think that she should get out of this and she should do some fucking porn or something. Cause I'd rather <laughs> watch her do that than this. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't see any real path to victory for Diana, but maybe I'm wrong. I think Carolina's more well-rounded. She's fought the better competition. Um, Belbitsa hasn't beat anybody good. Um, I'm gonna go back. There's not one good name on here. Um, for her wins, she lost to Molly McCann. That's her best loss. Um, Hannah Goldie is trash. I mean, she hasn't beaten anybody good. That's that's my reasoning for going with the status quo. Um, KK's fought, I mean, champion after champion. I mean, she's fought the best in the division. She's not a dangerous fighter. She's a point fighter, and that is dangerous. She had this five-fight skid. Um, but since she came back in 2022, she's been kind of on a tear. Silviana uh, Gomez-Juarez isn't great, but that's probably her best win in the last three uh, wins that she's had. But, yeah, man, I think that it's – it's um Beating Rose Nama Yunus, dude. I mean, fucking Diana Belbitsa is never going to beat somebody like Rose. So even though she's a fucking head case, Rose is still a decent fighter. So, yeah, man, give me KK all day. And uh, I'm not going to take any extra units on her or anything, but I, I think that that's the obvious play there. Felipe Linz versus Iwan Kutalaba. What a fucking weird fight this is, man. What a strange <laughs> fight. Um Really, really tough to pick this, in my opinion. I'm going to definitely have to go with Felipe Linz. Um, I'm tempted to put an extra unit on the dude, too, because Ewan is just not good, man. He's just, he's really not a good fighter. Um, he's, I, I said this last time he fought, when he, who did he fight? He fought Tanner, Tanner Bozer. And I picked, I think I picked Tanner Bozer even against him. And I have zero confidence in Canadian fighters, but that just shows how low I think of Iwan Kutalaba. He's the worst Sambo fighter in the UFC by a mile. I mean, but ju just the worst by a lot. Uh, he is fucking nine years younger than Felipe Linz, who fought in the PFL. I think he won the million dollars with the PFL. So, uh, you know, if you know Felipe Linz got knocked out in one round by Tanner Bozer? When was that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know if that matters much, though. You know what I mean? Like, the MMA math doesn't ever add up, right? So, I don't know. This is going to be tough. I'm going Felipe Linz. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's... This is one thing I wish that we could have talked for the Fialho Tim Means fight. I wanted to go Tim Means, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And I mean, I, I have zero confidence in Andre Fialho, and I think of him the same way I think of Iwan Kutalaba. Um, these guys, any chinny fighter that relies on power, I think is fucked. And that's what Andre Fialho is. And I think that's what Iwan Kutalaba is, right? His takedowns, he doesn't really use his fucking takedowns. So I think Felipe Linz either knocks him out late, knocks him out early, decision wins him. I don't know. I just in, in any way, I don't I don't see how Ewan gets this done, man. I could be completely wrong. 
Uh, this is kind of like one of those back and forth uh, battles that that people are having on Twitter and Instagram and shit. But I think it's Felipe Linz. I know he's the underdog here. Everyone's on that Kutalaba side just because he's got that power. But when has he had an impressive performance? Uh, you know, Ryan Spann, who sucks. I mean, Ryan Spann is not good. Um, Devin Clark, that's not a good win. You know what I mean? Johnny Walker, understandable loss. Kennedy and Zedjaku, fine loss. I don't know. This would be the worst loss for Iwan Kutalaba, but I think he's just done, man. So I'm going to go with Felipe Lins here. I'm just going to rock with the Hulk by round one KO. I'm used the MMA math. Um, I've always sort of been an E1 fan, regrettably, um, because of the shit he does. But when I started collecting cards, he was the first autograph card I had. So I'm always like, got a soft spot for E1. Um, and I just like the all-around arrogance and stupid shit he does, to be honest. I think it's hilarious. Walks yeah, up like, in people's faces and screams like in the cage as he's getting announced and shit. That's always funny because all the security guards always shit themselves and try and run up to like stop him doing it. Um, yeah, man, and I'm, I'm just going to rock with the power and just, I, I feel like the opportunities there for you want to just run out and use that, that two, three minutes of psycho power he has. Um, and hopefully connect on, on Philip as he shoots in for a takedown or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I hear a lot of people saying, uh, Lynch by submission, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, man, I'll throw an extra unit on Linz um, just to just to get it up there. You know what I mean? Just to see what's up. Um, let's go to the seventh fight of the night. Bill Algeo versus Alexander Hernandez. And I'm very interested in what you've got here. Um, this is your shot yeah. to go first. I mean, Alexander Hernandez just wilts. When things aren't going his way, he wilts. Um, and we've seen it so many times. Like this isn't just a one-off thing. We've seen it so many times. Um, I go back to the fight with Billy Q against Alexander Hernandez, and I think Algio and Billy Billy Q are almost like clones of each other. Um, Billy Q probably hits a little harder than Algio, uh, but they've got a very similar fight style, very similar. Just keep fucking coming, and and we're gonna break whoever we're fighting. Doesn't always work out for them, but that's their style. Um, and when you've got a guy like that going up against someone who usually wilts in the second round when things aren't going their way, it, I just see it going exactly like that. Um, if we go back to Alex Hernandez record, the three times he's lost by KO round two, the one time he's lost by sub round two, and then he's obviously been, he's lost by decisions, but any time he's ever been finished. It's been in round two, and it's been from him wilting. He didn't get his way in the first round. The guy started to take over, and he just fucking gives up. Um, I'm going Bill Algio, KO, round two. Like it. Okay. I am going the opposite way. I have Alexander Hernandez in an underdog parlay uh, with a fighter that is fighting in just a couple fights. But, yeah, man, I think... um, I think the UFC wants Alexander Hernandez to do good. Um, Bill Algeo is being asked if he's going to retire after this fight. I think that's very interesting anytime that happens. 
uh, in the I watch all the interviews. I watched them all uh, yesterday and I, I rewatched a couple today. I rewatched B- Bill Algeo's because I, I for some reason I thought I was like, is he fighting fucking uh, Hernandez or is he fighting somebody else? He is, in fact, obviously fighting Hernandez. And it made me feel a little more comfortable about my pick in uh, the great ape. These are two of the worst nicknames in the fucking UFC. <laughs> Senor, Senor Perfecto and the great ape for a white dude. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, when the lines opened, Hernandez was the favorite and now he's the dog. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, usually the public is correct in that kind of line movement. So it would lead you to believe that, uh, Algeo is the side here, but I just, I, I, I think that Jim Miller is such an underrated win and for him, for Alexander Hernandez to go the distance with him. That's fucking incredible, honestly. For somebody that supposedly wilts, nah, man. I think Alexander Hernandez is is trying to take his career more serious. He's getting older. He's thirty one. He's approaching his prime. Uh, he's probably in it right now. And Algio is, I think he's got one foot in, one foot out. Give me Hernandez all day. Uh, he is an underdog, and I will be taking an extra unit on him because I'm going all in, dude. I got him in a parlay. I'm gonna take an extra unit. I'm I'm pretty confident in this dude. So yeah, give me Hernandez. Um, give me. I'll take two extra units on LGI. Okay. Um. Yeah. Extra one unit, and for the sake of the show here, I will go Alexander Hernandez knockout round two. So do you do you remember the whole um uh Hernandez and Cowboy saga when they fought? Yeah. Yeah, that's always made me not like Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, but again, it, it's a fight. You know what I mean? Um, I actually want to talk about something when we get to Joe Pfeiffer about like respecting fighters just through and through. Like respect these fighters that have given us stuff. It, like I said, we'll talk about it when we get to Pfeiffer. But uh, and and I'm a fan of Pfeiffer, so I'm not going to talk shit about Joe Pfeiffer. I actually, I, I actually like the dude. I didn't like him that much when he first got in. But I'm a fan now, especially watching this interview. But, yeah, man, I got some shit to say when we get there. So, yeah, man, give me Alexander Hernandez. Give me knockout round two. Give me an extra unit all day. I think think that he's kind of been slept on a little bit. Now, this is your – wait, I think that was supposed to be yours. Did you start with that? Yeah, okay, this is me. Drew Dober versus Ricky Glenn. Man, after Drew Dober gets fucking knocked out, you know, it's TKO, but uh, by Matt Frivola, by a wrestler, it is a little scary to have to count on that chin. The dude's taking a lot of shots to that fucking chin, too. But Ricky Glenn's old. Ricky Glenn's slow. I know they're the same fucking age, okay? Um, I don't know. This is a weird match, but... Everything in me says just go with Drew Dober and go with the late knockout, probably round two, round three. Drew Dober knockout round three. What does Ricky Glenn really have to offer here? Um, losing to Christios Yagos, drawing with Grant Dawson. That's not horrible, but it's, you know, a draw is a, I think a draw is worse than a fucking loss. Kevin Aguilar beating Joaquin Silva. I mean, he hasn't really fought anybody that's super impressive, whereas Drew Dober fighting incredibly skilled fighters matt frivola that's a fine loss in my opinion obviously you don't want to get knocked out by the dude but still bobby green beating him 
um, Rafael Alves, Terrence McKinney. I mean, that was a great fight, by the way, too. Phenomenal. Just like this dude's getting his ass beat and then just comes back. Uh, Brad Riddell, I mean, kind of a, you know, lackluster fighter. My problem is if uh, if Drew Dober doesn't come out and realize that he's that he can't take too many more shots to the fucking chin, then Ricky Glenn gets this done. But I'm going to go Drew Dober. I'm going to go uh, round th- round three knockout because I don't want to just continue with the round twos. But yeah, round three knockout, Drew Dober. Um, pretty much everything you just said. I'm going round two though. Um, I like the fact that we're both going late because. All the money seems to be going on Drew Dober round one. Um, he said in interviews recently that he wants to be a little bit more patient with the way he fights and not be such a fucking psycho in the first round. That leads me to believe that he might be a little bit more patient in that first round, but there's absolutely no denying that he has the hands and the power to KO an old Ricky Glenn. Um, so I think that is definitely going to happen. Um, but I just like, that mean you can can sort of go against the crowd and and all the money coming in on the first round and and yeah try and take a stab on those juicy rods in round two round three so yeah I have I've drew Dober round two um and betting wise I am going to be tr- looking to hit some of those sort of round two round three sort yeah. of props and stuff um round because two I think that's where the money yeah. is. Yeah, and I think that's where the money is. And then, like I said, especially with him saying that he wants to take things a bit more patient, a bit more smarter. Yeah. Um, um, when people say that and and they follow it, you usually do see them fucking take that first round as a bit of a feel-out round and and stuff. But, I mean, it's true, Dober. He might just come out swinging. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, the round two in my head sounds smarter, but... um. I don't know, man. Contender series. I've been betting on contender series, and I, I go a little later than I feel like I should, and it's been working. So round two, round three. If you can get that combo, sprinkle a little bit on that, um, dude. I had to unfollow, um, that Mister Plus Money dude that I told you about with the uh, fucking ladder UFC shit, because yeah. this dude went fucking balls to the walls with the fucking Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing. And it was so annoying. And I was like, dude, you're such a fucking moron for telling people to bet that Travis Kelsey is going to get two or three touchdowns in his game. I unfollowed him because I'm like, dude, you're a fucking fake shill. And anyone that pays for people to get betting advice, it's literally every single bet is a 50-50 shot. The odds are irrelevant, realistically, especially in fighting, man. So, yeah, I, I have to. I had to unfollow all these different things that I that I was uh following that were giving betting advice because they're literally wrong half the time but they make it they they only post their good wins and like they're they'll they'll talk about their losses but they kind of skew them so yeah dude like anyone that's that's fucking paying for betting advice is a fucking retard in my opinion um it's just something that you can't do man like you have to do your own kind of research and put your money where you think it should go and just listening to people's just a bad move, man. It's uh it's wild. This dude fucking sitting there saying that Travis Kelsey's gonna score two or three touchdowns. He's he didn't even fucking get the ball, dude. So yeah, it was kind of funny seeing that. And um dude didn't mention it in his next fucking day, so thought that was pretty pretty bad. But um did you do that last one or did I? I think you 
I did. So you go on uh, Alex Morono, the great white versus Joaquin Buckley. Who you got here? Yeah, I'm not a massive Joaquin Buckley fan. Um, also, I didn't tape this one. How, what'd you, how, how'd you say his name? Joaquin. 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 Okay. Yeah. How does he say it? I haven't even taken notice. I mean, it's Joaquin. That's how you say oh, that you in go. the States. Yeah. We, don't, yeah, we'll see, we don't have many Joaquins here in Australia, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Joaquin. That's, I like that. I think he should actually go by that. You can call him New Mansa, too. He pretends he's Jamaican. I always just call him Buckley, so that's probably why. I've ne- never really like yeah, <laughs> taken notice of the first name. But yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not a massive fan of the guy. He kind of pisses me off, just like. Right. I think he's trying to be a character, but he hasn't figured out the character that he's trying to be. Right. And so it's just like everywhere all the time. And, and yeah, I, I just, it's just a bit annoying. He's had like good wins, good losses, shit wins, shit losses. Like he's just kind of like all over the place and I can never predict him. Right. <laughs> um, and I guess Alex Morona is kind of in that same spot for me. Like I've seen him beat dudes that I'm like, yeah, he's not winning this fight at all. And then he does win. And then I've seen him lose fights where I'm like, like he was winning the Ponzinibbio fight and then he got fucking KO'd. Um, yeah. I mean, I was on Ponzinibbio in that fight, so it worked out for me. But yeah, it was just, I don't know, man. This this is kind of like a pick em fight for me. I think the odds are like kind of close to pick em. They're not quite there, but they're, okay, they're, it's, it's, that's pretty separated now. I feel like this is a bit of a pick em fight. Um, when the fight happens, that could completely just prove me wrong, and then just you know, um. But I guess that's when when you say something to Pickham's fight, that's what you mean. You it means you 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 can't see either way. Um, right. For the sake of this, I'm going to take Alex Morono. He's the underdog. Usually, when something's so close and I can't pick, it's like one of those dog or pass things. So yeah, for me, I'm just going dog dog or pass. I'm going uh, Morono decision. Um. But I do absolutely can see a world where, you know, Buckley just throws hammers and knocks this dude down. I'm sure Buckley probably hits harder than Ponzinibbio. Probably not cleaner, but probably harder. Um, so, yeah, if Buckley connects, he, he probably would knock Morono out. But, yeah, right. I'm going Morono decision. That is uh, refreshing to hear because Alex Morono is my second leg in my underdog parlay along with... Uh, the great ape, right? I mean, Alexander Hernandez. I got him and uh, Morono in my underdog parlay. Threw 50 bucks at it. Should get me uh, 350 if that hits. So pretty excited. I think it's very fucking live. So, yeah, man, I'm all in. I, I For all the reasons that you said, I'm not a Joaquin Buckley fan. Uh, Joaquin Buckley changes his personality every interview he gives, which is very interesting. You kind of hit on that a little bit. His last media day interview he's talking and this isn't because he's black so no one out there say that i'm fucking racist for saying this but he's sitting there and he's talking like he's in a rap video or some shit like he he he's no one actually talks the way that he was talking he was sitting there he's saying things like yeah we're gonna go out there and knock this dude out you heard me like he's saying weird shit like that and it's like dude and over and over again he's saying you know what i'm saying over and over no one fucking really talks like that so I think he was a little cocky. He went in, he got the win. Now he's a little more humble because he got the win. He's like, okay, 
we're going to, you know, level back out to my real personality. And I think he loses this because of that. Alex Morono's a real dude, very fucking talented, underrated. If you remember last time Alex Morono fought, I called the round two submission against uh, Tim Means, threw $30 at that round two submission. It got me $250. Really proud of that one. Um, I think you said something along the lines of you're a weapon when I, when I, uh, told you to post that, <laughs> and yeah, uh, cause actually yeah, I do remember that now. Cause yeah, I think, cause I think I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Radio, I'll do it too. <laughs> and then I ended up hitting as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was like my first ever UFC $500 weekend because this dude got me $250 for that. And then I hit a couple other bets later that night. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Alex Morono is my dude. This is uh, kind of along the lines of like a Jamal Hill, Jeff Neal, uh, these dudes that got me into uh, UFC betting. And uh, this dude to date is one of my biggest hits. So, yeah, I'm going to ride with Morono. And I think he's live here, man. Um, we Want Picks is a channel that I like to follow. And this dude has a lock of the week that he does every week. He picks an underdog on the card. That's an underdog. And he hits at like a 90% clip. And he has Alex Morono as his lock of the week. So I do have an extra unit on Morono uh, for the sake of this bet as well. And I think that Alex Morono gets this done. Oh, round two, round three submission, something like that. Although Buckley's good on the ground and he could actually initiate the grappling, I think it's possible. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I'm going to go uh, Alex Morono round two knockout. Um, I think that he gets the knockout here because uh, Buckley's going to try and swing and bang with this dude. And Morona's much more technical. Buckley's physique is wild right now. Um, he actually took his shirt off in his fucking media day interview. And this dude's shoulders are insane. I mean, he's the more physical specimen out of the two. You know, fucking Alex Morona's built like I am. But Joaquin Buckley is built like a fucking freak in nature. Um, Looking at these dudes, you think, uh, yeah, who's the fighter? Yeah, it's Joaquin Buckley. But Alex Morono, I think, is the better fighter, more experienced, only fucking four years older, um, three and a half years older if we want to get real technical with it. I think it's Alex Morono, man. I think that this is a sneaky underdog play, and I'm taking him for a knockout, dude. I, I think that that's actually really live. The submission's obviously live, too. But, um, I mean, it's tough to really call a method here. This can go knockout submission decision and realistically buckley i think his realistic chance of winning is a sub three minute knockout catching uh morono off guard once morono makes his reads i think it's game over for buckley so give me morono all day extra unit let's fucking go i think i've got one extra unit left so i'm i'll just rock with you i'll I'll just put it on him too because there's not much um value with the rest of the card so yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that too. All right. Now, uh, Joe Pfeiffer, man, I, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about this. You've got Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, I mean, a 40-year-old fucking fighter. I mean, this is, this is a fucking mismatch, in my opinion. 27 versus 38. Wild. You know that Dana White wants Joe Pfeiffer to win, and he's going to. He's going to get this done. I, I, I give a 95% chance of Joe Pfeiffer winning this. Yeah. Abdul can fucking throw. He's a great kickboxer, but Joe Pfeiffer, I think has more power. He's the bigger dude, right? Six, two versus five, 10. 
Uh, he's the better jujitsu player. He fucking submitted. Um, help me out here. Jujitsu dude that he just beat last time. No, he knocked knocked him out. No, Gerald Mearshart. He submitted him in a grappling fucking competition too. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen the grappling competition. Look at this. actually. Gerald Mearshart. Oh, in a de- in a fucking decision, he uh... out grappled Gerald Mearshart. That's shitty Be- for Gerald Mearshart. That because I remember, Gerald- I remember hearing that that was going to happen, and then yeah, I just I, I obviously never checked back in. So I'll have to watch that this weekend. Yeah. So he beat Gerald Mearshart in a fight. And also in a grappling match, which is supposed to be Gerald Mearshart's forte. Now, Joe Pfeiffer in his media day interview was saying some interesting things. And I, I really liked the dude. I didn't want to. I hate how he gets in there. And every time he fucking wins, he cries. I really don't like that. I think that it's annoying, dude, when, when you get in there and win and cry. I understand it's a feat that most people will never accomplish. It's a feeling most people will never feel all this shit. But be a fucking man and go and cry behind the scenes. I hate crying on the highest levels of this stuff. It's whatever. It's his fucking business. It's fine. He was saying something else that I don't agree with, even though I really like the dude. He was saying that all fighters are to be respected. Every single fighter. If you're not going to get in there and fight, you can't talk shit about these fighters. One million percent disagree. You can absolutely, if you've never thrown a punch in your life, You can still talk shit about these fighters. It's a sport. If someone can't throw a fucking football, they still talk shit about quarterbacks. If someone can't catch a fucking pitch from a fucking baseball pitcher, they still can talk shit about catchers or pitchers or whatever. It's a fucking sport. So, you know, I was I've I've been kind of uh, arguing with people on Instagram because I saw this video of a Russian dude getting knocked out and kind of cold cocked while he was on the ground and he wakes up and he's crying and he's like fucking scream crying, like ugly crying. And I was like, damn, this is the weakest shit I've ever seen a fucking MMA fighter do. And all kinds of people were like, dude, if you won't get in the ring, you can't, or if the octagon, you can't fucking talk shit like that and all this shit. And to me, it's just like, dude, I don't see why not. Like, why, why can you not say, that's some weak shit. If you're going to get fucking knocked out and hit when you're down and you start scream crying that that's some pussy shit. Why can't you say that? I mean, I don't know where <laughs> you're at on that, but it's fucking lame, dude. Like these, these fighters have the weakest egos out of all professional athletes. It seems like, cause you can see some high level, um, you know, like Justin Fields, a quarterback for the Chicago bears by all accounts, horrible quarterback, but the dude is open to criticism. You know what I mean? And yeah, we can talk about how NFL's kind of rigged and all this shit. But these dudes are okay with being criticized. Obviously, they get paid a lot more and all this shit. But why the fuck do we just have to universally respect fighters? What What is to be respected about um, who's that middleweight that fights at heavyweight that just got kicked out of the UFC, probably? Uh, That's a cop as well. Uh my brother's keeper. He has tattooed yeah, on his yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah. Dorcas. Chris Dawkus. What's to be respected about Chris Dawkus's MMA career? He's an out of shape fucking loser. Like, what's to be fucking respected about his career? That he'll step in there and get a paycheck? 
who the fuck cares, man? So that's what I'm saying. It's like, we don't need to respect these people just because they step in there. That's a big thing that I disagree with about Joe Pfeiffer's, uh, you know, media day comments and how he was talking about no one should talk shit about Sean Brady's loss to Bilal Muhammad. He got standing TKO'd by a split decision machine. That is worthy of talking shit. You can talk shit about Sean Brady's performance there. Whether you can throw hands with Bilal Muhammad or not, you can talk shit about that performance. It was a dog shit performance. Um, It's just, it's an interesting concept that these people think that they're inept to, to criticism because they get in there and they fight. They're not fucking saving the world here. They're going out there and fucking fighting for (laughs) $30,000. Like, you're not curing cancer. You're not doing anything that meaningful. You're fighting. So, like like I said, I really appreciate Joe Pfeiffer's takes on a lot of shit, but that's a dog shit take, dude, sitting there and talking about, like, oh, man, we all need to be respected. No, you don't. You have nothing else that you can do, and that's why you're in here fighting get over yourself you're not a fucking superhero by going going in there and doing this stuff so that's my rant about um you know these fucking fighters being fucking superheroes man like different careers are different for each person joe pifer hasn't even fucking proven himself yet he could lose to abdil uh fucking razak al hassan and go on to be nobody or he can go on and continue to be a fucking badass and potentially win the belt man but don't sit there and act like you're a uh, fucking Iron Man or Batman or some shit like that just because you're in there and fucking throwing hands, dude. Like, it's a goofy way to to uh, to go about your fucking life and act like everybody has to respect you just because you're doing something that you want to do. That'd be like me fucking telling everyone that they should praise me for my fucking computer job. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it is what it is. But with that said, I have Joe Pye for knockout round one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, I, I don't know what you got here and how you feel about anything I said, but it's just a unique sport, man. How these dudes just like demand respect just because they get in there and fight. Yeah, no, I mean, I tend to agree with most of what you said. Um, I also do see the other side of like the higher level guys, you know, train three times a day for weeks on end and then go out there and fight and not a lot of people are able to do that but yeah no i i mean you kind of outlined it perfectly like what's there to respect about a chris dorcas or something like not too much i i I mean i was gonna say i could do what chris dorcas could do does um i could do it i i wouldn't I wouldn't go out and lose to Derek Lewis knowing I'm going to lose to Derek Lewis in two minutes and not put any effort into my training and then go out there and get knocked out by him. I could do it, but I'm not well, going to. Well, because you have to. skills. You know what I mean? Like, you have skills that are practical in the workplace. This is why you have a fucking job. This dude was a cop, and I don't respect cops either. You know, a lot of people in, like, you know, this whole walk of life that, you know, MMA viewers and, and more right-leaning people, more conservative people – blindly respect cops and soldiers i don't just respect police officers so this dude had a fucking shitty job where he's mostly giving people fucking traffic tickets this dude's not going and breaking up fucking drug dens and saving kids from danger he's giving people speeding tickets and he gives that shitty job up to go in here and get knocked out by three fucking heavyweights and a fucking light heavyweight and then he you know we're supposed to respect all fighters the fuck out of here with that shit so yeah man sorry to interrupt you but yeah it's a passionate (laughs) thing because it's like it's like dude 
just because you're in there doing this doesn't mean you're shit. Like you can be really bad at it. And we can, we have the, even if you're good at it, somebody like Israel Adesanya, I talk shit about too. Knowing full well Israel Adesanya would fuck me up if we got in a fucking fight, right? But I could shoot the dude, you know what I mean? Like if it came down to it. So it's not like, you know, what's this dude going to do for me that, that, I don't know. It's like these people think that they're fucking superheroes and it, it pisses me off sometimes. So yeah, it bothered me when he was saying that shit clearly. So. Yeah, I mean, tend to agree, and I agree with your pick as well. Go Pi for round one. Pi for round one knockout, dude. That's where it is. Uh, yeah, let's move on here before I start talking more uh, shit about these dudes that could beat me up in a fight, like I said. <laughs> um, I'm not denying that, but, you know, in the real world, it's not just uh, hands and feet. It's other things. So we got Grant Dawson versus uh, Bobby King Green in the main events of the evening. And um, yeah, man, I'll let you go first, obviously. Um, But I will say I am taking two units on my pick. Okay. Um, Yeah, look, I just, I just got to go on the math here. I I think... I was saying it to you a few weeks ago. I think Grant Dawson is pretty uh, underrated. <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people realize how good he is. Um, his wrestling's really good. Ground control submissions really good. Stand up isn't too bad either. Um, I just see him being too much for Bobby. Um, he might get a few like Bobby might touch him up a little bit at the beginning when things are dry and and sort of on the feed and and everyone's got a lot of energy. But um, as it goes on, I, I just don't see it going. I see Grant Dawson being on top and potentially KOing Bobby Green. Um, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people are going on the submission. Um, Bobby Green doesn't typically get submitted that much. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's been You're submitted right. like twice or something. Twice. Maybe even once. Yeah. Um, Knocked out four times. Okay. Um, so there you go. I, I just feel like he has reasonable submission defense, whether it's just like hand fighting, hands in the neck as people are trying to, you know, you, you, you put your hand in the neck. I don't know if you know what I'm, what I sort of mean, but if someone's sort of wrapped around your neck and you can slip your fingers in there and they get a bit of a, a pocket of air going in your neck and it's really hard to choke you out. Um, I've seen him do that sort of stuff. Like he's, he's good at defending chokes and, and submissions. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like Grant Dawson, the wrestling will be too much, and he if he can't get the submission, well, he's just going to try and flatten him out and just pound his head in until the ref stops it. Um, and I kind of seeing it going that way late in the third or into the fourth round. Um, so, wow. yeah, I've got Grant Dawson um, by KO in uh, round three. Interesting. Okay. Um it's funny that you say that everyone is on the side of submission, so you're going knockout, because I hear every betting channel that I listen to say that same thing. Every every one of these betting <laughs> channels is on the knockout side for Dawson. So for that reason, I am submission round two, Grant Dawson. I think that, uh, you know, if you can put somebody like Demir Ismagulov in a full Nelson I mean, this is not a porn move, folks. This is a wrestling move. 
Uh, you see it in, uh, you know, browsers and uh, things like this. But this is an actual wrestling move. And uh, Grant Dawson had Demir Ismagulov in a fucking full Nelson. That's not something that's easy to do to anybody, much less somebody like Demir Ismagulov. Bobby I remember Green, seeing. I remember seeing it live um, when I was when I used to train MMA, and I was uh, doing some sparring, and my coach was uh, training with a rugby player who'd come in to try and learn some wrestling. Um, and yeah, the coach put him in a uh, full Nelson from standing position, like flicked him down into a full Nelson. And I was like, audibly yelled out like, whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that is crazy. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty impressive move. And I don't know if you remember seeing Grant Dawson do that to Ismagulov, but he fucking did in his last fight three months ago, uh, took zero damage, have 12 minutes of control in that fight. Um, yeah, his style is boring as shit, man. Like it, it is, uh, it's Habib Nurmagomedov style, like early Habib. It's, uh, Islam, early Islam type stuff. I'd love to see a Grant Dawson versus, um, Islam Mahachev fight. I think that that would be an incredible fight. And I would actually favor Dawson. I think he's the best wrestler. People say that it's fucking, um, Mataus Gamrot. I think that Dawson beats Gamrot. I think Dawson beats Islam. He's the best wrestler, dude, in the lightweight division. I think he can absolutely, um, I think he can be a champion, man. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's 20 and one for a fucking reason. He's fighting a dude that's older. He's not out of his element when it comes to the striking department. So it is possible that there is a fucking standing knockout here. You know what I mean? Like he could actually, like they can go toe to toe. Green's going to clearly be expecting a takedown. You know, he could pull uh, a Jesus Aguilar and fucking knock him out in one minute. You know what I mean? Just by throwing, you know, acting like he's going down, throwing overhand right and connect. And that's that. But I think that the obvious side and the odds reflected, I think he's a minus 430 at this point. It says minus 455 on topology, but uh, minus 430 coming into the, uh, you know, event day. Dude, the barring some kind of hail mary situation this is grant dawson all day um whether it's knockout decision whatever i think if you had a thousand dollars and you threw it down on grant dawson i think it's safe um now with that being said don't do it if you don't have a thousand dollars to lose but yeah man it's grant dawson all day and i for the sake of this i'm going round two submission i think he fucking either guillotines or or rear naked chokes bobby king green and uh gets it done fairly quick here probably before the uh before the championship rounds for sure but i'm gonna say round two and i got two extra units on the uh finish there yeah i just i couldn't put i mean like yeah it's pretty much a sure thing but i put five units on grand your doors and i'm probably still not even gonna win one so yeah, I just didn't have anything else that I was super confident on. I, I respect your uh, Montana de la Rosa and your uh, your Munoz picks, but uh, I don't know. I was going to include Munoz in my underdog parlay as well, but I just wasn't sure because he pulls guard a lot, so I was a little worried about that. Yeah, um, he does pull guard a lot, and that's a very true statement. It's so, yeah, I was a little worried about was, that. Yeah, that's one of, the, one of the things that I am worried about in that, particular pick but yeah 
And Montana De La Rosa's got a shitty record. She's fought better competitions. So I agree with those picks, but it's just like I'm not confident on anything. Next week, there's some solid picks, dude. There's some solid fucking plays. And it's actually going to be really hard to pick where where I want to put my extra units. But with that said, man, that does it for that card. Uh, Vegas 80. We did it. And, and yeah, uh, just, just to touch on what you said about Dawson, that's... I am kind of keen to see how this guy evolves because I've been saying it for a little bit now, not too long, but a little bit that, yeah, I think he's super underrated and people don't realize like how far up in that division he can go. I mean, yeah. I see him like being able to throw people like Justin Gaethje around and shit. So Fuck yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the only thing that worries me about the, well, it doesn't worry me about this fight that I is kind of disappointing about this particular matchup is that Bobby Green's ranked 17. And Dawson's ranked, I don't know, like 11 or some shit. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean the, yeah, the UFC might put him up a rank, but the chances of him just staying at rank 11 or whatever after this weekend are pretty high. So it's kind of like just annoying that we don't get to see him progress and potentially fight for a championship end of next year or something. It might be like a two-year wait before he's there because of this matchups they're sort of giving him. Um but yeah, no, I'm 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 keen to see how this guy's got this guy goes because I think he can challenge a lot of dudes at the top, and it's kind of like he's a bit of a sleeper agent. No one outside of the hardcores knows who the fuck Grant Dawson is. Um, yeah, I think he's got to get a finish here, and I think he will. Um, I think if he goes out there and, like I said, gets that round two submission, uh, he could potentially be fighting somebody like Dan Hooker, who is ranked just above him. Uh, he could fight somebody like Michael Chandler, who is not going to get that McGregor fight, despite he as is. Hard as he, he wants it. I know I, I was agreeing with you, but uh, I, now the last few days, I, I, he, I think he is. I think it's going to be UFC 300 Chandler versus McGregor. Okay. Honestly, think yeah, yeah, yeah. McGregor's just entered USADA, um, which puts him on pretty much like a perfect shoot for UFC 300. Um, okay. Second reason is McGregor has acknowledged his next fight is Chandler. He said, like, the, the, regardless, the next person I fight is Chandler. Dana's said that. There's just too much telling me that that's going to be the fight. Um, but yeah, um, up until this week, I was kind of in agreement with what you're saying. I was like, man, what are you fucking waiting for? Go and just take another fight. But now after sort of seeing McGregor in training, doing sparring, confirming McGregor, that Chandler's going to be the guy and then entering the USADA pool. I'm like, all right, this fight's happening now. Uh, when will UFC it, 300 be? Uh, I believe March. Okay. So what if, uh, I mean, I actually think that McGregor is going to move up to welterweight. So what if you fight somebody like uh, Colby Covington or Leon Edwards? Uh, well, uh, Chandler has said he will fight McGregor at 170 or 185. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, so, I, I, mean, I was a big fan of Chandler, but he's a fucking tool now. I think he's such a douchebag. Like he, he's such a company man that I can't respect him. Like he's, he goes out there and talks like all this great stuff about power slap and stuff like that. But let's say that you're right. Let's say that even, you know they're gonna just, fight at 300. Just to add one more thing in, too, with the sparring footage that I saw of McGregor, if you'll notice, he's sparring a dude that's like 5'10", um, and I think that's intentional. Um, Chandler's pretty short. Uh, 
whereas McGregor's usually sparring guys that are like the size of Ian Gary and shit, and now all of a sudden he enters your starter pool and he's sparring shorter, shorter, stockier guys. I don't know. There's just a lot that adds up into my head to make me believe that this fight is happening and they both know and have both been told not to sort of okay. confirm it because obviously anything can happen, you know? Conor McGregor can bash some dude in the streets or something or what or fuck some chick and you know anything can happen between now and and march so i think they've they've pretty much been told you're fighting your each other but we're not making it official just yet okay well then what i think the next fight is if uh grant dawson wins it's not going to be charles Oliveira, and it's not going to be justin gaethje because justin gaethje wants to fight whoever beats uh, whoever in the uh, upcoming Oliveira versus Islam fight. I think you give him either Dustin Poirier, who lost his last fight. Dustin Poirier is not going to want to take that, but you say, hey, you got to fucking take this. Uh, I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan. Benil Dariush is fighting uh, Armin Sarukian, so that's not going to happen. Um, you give him Matoush Gamrot, who got a fluke win over Rafael Faziv, right? Um, Rafael Faziv is going to be out for a little bit. I think Grant Dawson, if he wins this fight, man, he either gets Dustin Poirier, who's ranked three, or he gets Matoush Gamera, who's ranked six. Yeah, I, think I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets Poirier. I think if Poirier gets offered that, he moves to one seventy, possibly. I don't think it's Poirier, but I am in one hundred and twenty percent agreement that it would be Mateus. That is, if if Grant Dawson goes out here, finishes Bobby Green, I feel like in four months' time we get the announcement of Dawson versus Gamera. That'd be a great uh, fight too. Yeah, I'd be super keen for that. That is that is a good step up because that's it's stylistically a good matchup. You know, it's 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 wrestler versus striker. You just see a lot of control time. Grappler versus grappler. You see a lot of scrambles and stuff, or you see pure stand up striking. Yeah, yeah so striking. look at Usman so, versus Covington. Exactly. So yeah, no that that fight that fight excites me. Fuck yeah. Me too, buddy. Well, yeah, man, uh, let's wrap this up. I don't know if you got anything that you want to talk about before we get out of here or, uh, you know, tell the folks about. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for this car, dude. It's a little earlier start time. I don't know if you're even going to be able to watch it. It's a fucking uh, fight night time. So one my time. Um, But, yeah, dude, I think it's going to be a great card. I'm actually really excited to come back from that week off. Yeah, um, I'm just having a look now at, at what time it starts because I didn't check that. It is Four six Eastern o'clock time. in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning, so not too bad. I'm that's happy to bad. get up for that. Yeah, that's pretty chill. It's worth it. Have some fucking uh, waffles and eggs, maybe a mimosa. Ooh, yeah, that sounds all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, anything else before we head out? No, I'm good, man. Cheers, Cheers for the chat. Yeah, dude. It was a fun one. And uh, guys, if you're out there listening, man, good luck betting. Um, I, I kind of alluded to a parlay that I had. It's uh, shit. Let me actually pull that up really quick before yeah, we get out of here. Ahead. I have two parlays. Let me see if I've got anything that I can quickly share as well that I think is reasonable. I've got a $100 parlay and I've got a $50 parlay. My $100 parlay um, is, uh, is, is a chalky parlay. It's all favorites. But my underdog parlay is two underdogs, and I mentioned those. It's Alex Morono and um, who the fuck else? Alex Morono and Alexander Hernandez. $50 to win 254 so that'll be about 300 
and yeah, $304 total. And then I've got a $100 parlay on Grant Dawson, Drew Dober, Carolina Kelkiewicz, uh Kanako Murata, and Mateus Mendonca. Um, and that $100 parlay will get me 394 so that'll be a total return of almost $500. So, man, if those two parlays hit alone, we're fucking rolling fat here on the night. And then, uh, you know, I'll be having individual action on each fight. So we're hoping to have a $1,000 night there, folks. I have a six-legger. It's plus 900, and it's a mix of UFC and Bellator. Um, I think it's a pretty good chance of hitting because it's all – um. It's not all chalk, but it's um, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable odd stuff. It's uh, the Kutalaba and Linz fight not to hit round three. Um, it's Kai Kamaka in Bellator, uh, money line. Bill Algio, money line. Uh, Drew Dober to win inside the distance, so either by KO or sub. Uh, then back over to Bellator, Liz Kamouche money line and Cyborg money line, and that is uh, plus nine hundred. Okay. Plus nine hundred, I like it. What'd you throw down on it if you don't mind me asking? Just ten bucks. So that'd be okay. ten into ten into close to a hundred. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm going hard, dude. I, I'm trying to fucking I, I'm trying to get a thousand dollar night, man. Like I'm, I'm Hey, I would be too if I uh I had I had a big weekend uh last weekend. My my team, my football team made the grand finals but did not win. So that uh, that that hit the pocket heavy. So this week was a uh, I'm being being sort of light this week. A little conservative. Yeah, dude, last night I actually made some fucking good money on uh, the Bears and Commanders game. Um, Bet for the Bears to get their first win, and they did. And then I bet on the overs, man. Like, any time that the narrative is going a certain way, just go the opposite, man. And then betting on, you know, if we're talking football, American football, just bet on, like, touchdown Mm -hmm. scores and try and parlay two or three of them together. Uh, in different games, and and I mean, there's a significant chance you take like the AJ Browns, the fucking Christian McCaffreys, and the types like that. You parlay those dudes together; they can get you. You know, you throw a hundred bucks at at like a couple dude parlay like that, and you can turn a hundred into three hundred pretty quick, man. So we're rolling in yeah. this weekend up on money, hoping to get a thousand dollars this weekend, but we'll see. We have similar sort of ones over here in the NRL, our rugby league, where they call them try school. So our scoring is not a touchdown; it's called a try. Um, but yeah, we have we have anytime try scorers, and it's oh, and yeah. it's a similar sort of thing where you can chuck, you know, two or three blokes from different games in and and sort of hit yeah. a big one. But yeah, I actually had I had future bets on my team to win uh, this year, like plus fifteen hundred since the start of the year. Um, and I'd been using UFC profits all through the year to just throw little bets on my futures. So like I would have won a decent amount if they, if they had won. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately they, they, well, I thought they were going to win. They were winning at 17 minutes left in the game and then they just choked, man. The other team came back and beat them by two points. So yeah, it's pretty brutal. Cardinals did. Cardinals did that too here. Uh, when I went and fucking actually paid and drove up there to watch the damn game myself, but. It happens, man. You know, it's sports. Sports are all fake. You got to try and figure out the angle and uh, how the Illuminati bets these things. But with that said, guys, thank you for listening. Good luck to all your bets. And, uh, man, we got some fucking incredible pay-per-views coming before the end of the year. And uh, just a, a good time if you're into MMA betting. So with that said, guys, take care. And we'll see you soon. Peace.